0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. And I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about a popular January topic, and that is about weight gain. So here's a question to start. How does the body decide where to add or take away fat when gaining or losing weight?
1: Oh yeah, I've thought about this a lot. Actually, the body doesn't decide at all. Genetics and hormones play a role. And so if we were to generalize, the biggest factor of where your fat is stored is actually your gender. Males are more likely to store fat in their upper body and abdomen, hence the, uh, the beer belly phenomenon. while Females are more likely to store it around their hips and thighs. So males are also more likely to store visceral fat, which is the fat around the organs. And this results in what some call the skinny fat phenomenon, where people can be overweight, but not quite look it. And there is a lot of risk with that. Uh, The visceral fat is correlated with many diseases and also just generally poor health outcomes. So
0: if males have this visceral fat, how about females?
1: Yeah, so females are more likely to store their fat under the skin. And this fat can be more noticeable and visible, but it also helps women deal better with the cold. Other places like your face, your neck, and your arms are lower down the list, which is why when someone gains or loses a lot of weight, this is you know where you notice it. It's one of the last places uh, for fat to ever get stored. But when you start losing weight, that also means it's one of the first places to go. So that's why when we lift weights, right, our body doesn't specifically target fat loss in certain areas just because of where you lifted. Uh, instead, it follows a pattern based on your genetics and your hormones. Fat loss occurs throughout the body, but some areas may hold on to fat. You know, you, can, you can kind of think of it more stubbornly than others.
0: Ah, so why is it that the lower stomach fat and that lower back fat are the hardest to lose compared to other areas? Oh, here's a good ELI-5 explanation for this one. So you can think of fat storage
1: in the body like a swimming pool. Water goes to the deep part first. And then to get the, the water out of the deep part, well, you have to take the water out of the shallow areas first when you, before you get to it, right? So that's why the primary sites for fat are usually your things like your stomach, your hips, your waist, which are the deep part of that swimming pool. And the secondary sites are places
0: like your arms, legs, and face, which is usually where fat gets lost first. I see. Now, there's a thought-provoking question that, uh, that a listener came in with, and that is when you step on a scale, you often get these percentages of fat. You also get a percentage of water. But how can a person be 50% fat when we have over 50% of our body mass in water? Oh, the simple answer to that is that fat cells,
1: well, they contain water. Uh, When they say body fat percentage, they mean percent of weight in fat cells, but those fat cells contain various other things, including
0: water. Got it. Now let's move from fat gain to muscle gain and muscle growth. Why do muscles get bigger when you lift weights? Ah, yes. Weightlifting. So when we lift weights, we create this
1: microscopic damage actually to our muscle fibers and our body responds to this actually by repairing and rebuilding that muscle tissue, making it stronger and larger. Uh, This process is known as muscle hypertrophy. And hypertrophy really just means the increase in the volume of an organ or tissue caused by, well, the enlargement of its component
0: cells. So there's often a debate between two different ways of training weights. One is working a muscle to exhaustion with low weights and a high number of reps. And there's another way, which is high weights and low volume of reps. And these two yield different results. Why is that? That's true. For this, we might have to go a little beyond Eli
1: 5 and explain, well, the two important buckets of muscle hypertrophy here some pretty big words. One's called sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, which is triggered by the, the increased of re, you know, repetitions, whereas myofibrillar hypertrophy is triggered by lifting much heavier weight. So if you do low reps, but really heavy weights, you're basically pushing the absolute limits of your muscles' basic work capacity, right? So when the muscle cells grow back, they have more what's called myofibrils which is the basic element of a muscle cell that causes that contraction. And they are really big, and your muscles can increase their concentration significantly without changing in size too much.
0: I see. So myofibrillar hypertrophy proves to increase overall muscle strength, but it doesn't actually increase the size so much. So that's why it's dominant with Olympic weightlifters? That's right. Now, if on the other hand, you do really high reps,
1: a lot of repetition and very low weights, you are doing something different. You are testing your muscles endurance, actually draining the reserves of the muscle cell itself. And that's why when the muscle cells grow back, they have something called extra sarcoplasm. And we actually break this word down. Sarco here means muscle, plasm equals like goo, and cytoplasm means cell goo. So sarcoplasm it's basically filled with stuff that exists to maintain the cell and keep the myofibrils supplied and repaired. But again, it's mostly water. So double the sarcop- uh, sarcoplasm means double the muscle fiber size. And so that's why, you know, this kind of higher reps sarcoplasmic hypertrophy is greater in the muscles of bodybuilders because it's the training that leads to
0: a greater increase in muscle size but not necessarily strength. So, how about those power lifters? Why do they wear straps around their wrists? Oh, that's basically for safety. Power lifters wear straps around their wrists to provide extra support and a lot more stability during those heavy lifts. And why do power lifters have often a leather belt? They have these belts around their waist. Yeah, yeah. The leather belts, uh, especially worn by weightlifters, provide support to the lower back and core muscles.
1: Uh, they help to increase that kind of intra-abdominal core pressure, uh, which also helps stabilize your spine and heavily reduces the risk of injury uh, during those you know, very heavy lifts on your back. The belt acts as a reminder to you know, engage the core muscles and maintain that proper form.
0: So finally, there's a part of the body which we haven't considered when we talk about losing weight, and that is the tongue.
1: Oh, yes, yes, the tongue is a muscle. <laughs> and it can gain and lose weight too. Uh, in fact, some people say that losing tongue weight can help with things like sleep apnea.
0: That's an interesting factoid to end with. Thanks, Kevin. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli 5 thepodcastgmailcom at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you've got comments and suggestions for us. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, please do take the time to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It only takes two minutes and it helps other people to find our podcast. As always thanks to the community at R/ explain like I'm and we will see you all next week.